Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 4, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, truth be told, we don't have a whole lot on the docket today that was different from yesterday. Why is that? Because the first thing we do is take a look at the daily chart, and we see here they're still doing the same thing. Now, they're making a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern after a move downward. However, we do know one thing, and we know a lot more than one thing, but the one thing we do know is that these moving averages above current price, the convergence of the 20, 150 period moving average are a magnetic situation and have a tendency to pull price upward into those moving averages. We've talked about 389, 390, 391 in that general vicinity as a real type of target that we could expect to happen unless they kill the tape first. Now, am I talking out of both sides of my mouth? No, they're going to kill the tape anyway. It's just a matter of whether they go up first or down first. If they go up first, it creates another opportunity to sell the rip. If they go down first, we're still holding, and this is applying to the folks in the lazy swing trader, we're still holding puts from where? From 410. Where's 410? It's all the way up here. On that day, at that price, still holding a portion of the position. Profits are in the pocket. It's called a risk-free, emotionless trade, just as the reminder. Remember, looking at the weekly chart, they've come down to run a test of a breakup candle low right around 373.61. Our low is 374.77. They have yet to breach that price. They're stuck into that 20-period moving average. But what I can tell you is, at least on this weekly chart, If they can get above that 20-period moving average, they're going to bring some buyers to the party. Here's another tick for the bull case, if you will. If we just put a Fibonacci retracement from the low point in October to the high point a few weeks ago, and now we can see that they've made a 50% retracement, they came up short of the 618, And you can say, and this is true in the trading parlots, they're trying to, quote-unquote, and these are air quotes, they're trying to carve out what's called a low or a bottom. What about time? Time is more important than price. So when we look at time, we can say this. They've been eating time off the clock for about 12 trading sessions when you consider the current range. Well, therefore... They're coming into an important time zone. Maybe not tomorrow, but maybe Friday, maybe Monday. One way or the other, what we do know for sure is they're not going to do this for much longer. They're going to either break up or they're going to break down. One way or the other, they will break out of this current pattern. These type of eating time off the clock patterns keep the pundits in business You can have a whole series of bear pundits. You can have a whole series of bull pundits. When the market just goes back and forth in a range per se, 
Nobody's right, nobody's wrong, they keep recycling the same information, they're waiting on the move. If I had to say what's more likely than less likely in the short run, in the short run I'm talking about over the next few trading sessions, let's just say between now and into next week, will they break down or will they break up? And I would say they would break up. Why do I say that? Because I think there's more people that are expecting it to break down sooner than later than up, and therefore the herd always goes one way, the contrarians go another way, the herd is generally wrong right around 100% of the time. Either way, it's another sell the rip opportunity. All you have to do is pick out the right price at the right time and take advantage of another trade opportunity there will be one posted if the market presents itself for the lazy swing trader folks. Even though we have a short open, I will initiate another short if the opportunity lays in front. I'm going to squeeze things down a little bit and talk about a 240 chart. And I want to focus in on something interesting, something I'm noticing that does support the short-term bull case. So look what happened here when you just look at this scenario and we can find this same scenario on other charts, but I like to point it out on this particular 240 chart. So let's focus first on a breakdown candle right here. That was yesterday's breakdown candle. So they have the breakdown candle, and what we do know, and you'll see this in notes from inside the numbers, what we do know is that markets like to come back and run tests of or near the highs of these breakdown candles. That's fair enough. I've only said that four or 5,000 times. So here they are again. Look what happened. They gap up this morning. They run down to fill the gap. And then they come back up, not once, but twice, to be in or near the highs of the breakdown candle. And that's where they finish the day. Not at the highs, but in the higher portion. So you have to ask yourself, are they just running two tests of the highs? Or did they come back because they're just eating time off the clock, building energy to get over and above the high of this breakdown candle, 386.43, for those of you that want to know the exact number. And when and if they do, what are they going to do? They're going to run into these moving averages. These are the same from the daily chart. This is a half-day chart. It's relatively close to the same in terms of look and in terms of pattern, and in terms of what's going on. By the way, what's the easiest way the market can get through that area? Is it to eat time off the clock and bust through some point during the day, or is it easier if they find a reason to gap above it first thing in the morning, maybe come back to run a test, and that lights the match for the bull case? Gapping above it is the easier thing for Mrs. Market to do. Here's a look at the 120-minute chart, same routine, same big breakdown candle, and same concept of coming back to run a test of the breakdown candle, even after trying to fail, still coming back toward that end, toward that high. That's a bullish signal. Think about it this way. Twice today, on two separate occasions, and you can make a case it was really three separate occasions with another dipsy doodle late in the day, 
they had an opportunity to kill the tape. They had an opportunity to sell the tape, but rather were rescued and found themselves near pushing to the highs of said breakdown candle. When you look at the hourly chart, it's the same routine, but it becomes evident when you look at all these charts that all this was is a back and forth chop shop formation, eating time off the clock, building energy for the next move. Next move down, next move up, but there will be a next move. At present, as far as I am concerned, the evidence is pointing to the next move higher. How about inside the numbers? We're going to take a peek and see what was inside the numbers today. I'm going to let you read the notes, pause the video, double-check the work back on the charts. I'll point out a couple of important things in the interest of time. We can condense the commentary to what was important in terms of what traders are looking for. Early on today, 8.45 a.m., we're talking about climbing the big breakdown candle from yesterday. That's what we just discussed. And where the resistance areas would be, 384.50, 385 and a quarter, and 386.40. They're all important numbers and can each provide overhead resistance and so it becomes somewhat of a zone. It's a little wide, but it's still a zone. Remember, unless they gap over it, something else we just talked about, running a test is garden variety normal behavior. Blowing right on through the high is not, at least on the first run up, if they get there in a hurry formation. So what we're saying here is basically the same stuff we just went over on the charts, and I'm giving it to inside the number members early in the morning, long before the market even opens for business. We're saying, hey, here's what to expect in terms of this breakdown candle, the important numbers, and are they going to break through or are they going to find overhead resistance? And the answer was, they're likely to find the overhead resistance. So we think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. Today we'll use a 10-minute chart just for a little change of pace. And you can see early on, they didn't quite get to 384.50. Now, you'll see later in the notes, I was available to short the tape around 384.50 but, and higher, but they didn't get there. They had the pullback before they got to what I would consider the important place. Okay, fair enough. Next time up, it's got to be a different number. Next time up, they're not just coming up to satisfy the number. They're probably going to what? You got it, a different destination. The next number provided was 385.25, and you can see here that once they got there, they spiked it by a little bit. They tried to eat some time off the clock and then subsequently failed, came back for a retest, as you can see right here, and then when the retest failed, meaning it rejected the tape, that solidifies the fact that those are important prices up there. That's an important zone. We know why from a bigger picture perspective, it's starting to get into the vicinity of the breakdown candle high, and they're just not going to run through there and bust through and keep going the large majority of the time. How much of a pullback and what the market does when they get to the top, when they start to pull back and run some tests, well, each time is different, but the concept is the same. Let's move along, see what else we have. Our early pivot is likely to be 382.35, below when the door opens for 381.60, and if below, the gap left open from the night before. So we know that our morning trade a lot of times comes from in and around the pivot. 
When the market opens right around the pivot, slightly above, slightly below, it takes that particular trade away because opening at the pivot creates a different kind of scenario. You could use it later, but we have other numbers. So let's see what we had on the board, just to narrow things down a little. What we're saying here, and you can read this for yourself, it's about the overhead resistance and then the pivot. Above the pivot, they're likely going to run up to that overhead resistance place. Below the pivot, and they go to the next number below. 932. 382.35 is the pivot. 381.60 is important and can also be support. They were playing games with the pivot right around the open. Now remember, what I'm saying here is can you just buy the pivot? They were above the pivot right around the opening bell, so I'm saying can you buy the pivot? It's high risk. They can have a shakeout operation and pop back up. That becomes a trader's choice type of scenario. 381.60 was important. And back to the visual, you could see on a five-minute chart here, they opened the tape at 383.18. They ran down to the pivot, spiked the pivot, and popped right back up. So traders that did take that pivot, quote-unquote, trade were certainly rewarded. They never got down to any of the lower numbers until later in the session so that was a successful pivot trade, but it certainly was higher risk. I wasn't interested, but other traders certainly did participate. Remember, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. As they ran up, back to the resistance zone. So right away, we're just zeroing in on the important stuff. Traders that bought the market have to exit up at the resistance. Traders at the resistance, should they have gotten there, were interested or who were interested to short the tape would have done so at 384.50, but remember, they didn't get there. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. You'll see in the notes I was looking for a buy level this morning down around 379.50. The low was 380 on the button, and they bounced the tape. They had a rescue operation. They didn't get to my number. So they didn't get up here and then when they fell, they didn't go all the way down to my number down here. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here. Everything you need is in here. And then we had a Kabuki Theater Fed Minute situation this afternoon. And what I had was an internet outage. And it was a widespread outage in my area the whole community was out. There were like thousands of people out. And my intention was to give the schematic and all the important numbers, or at least reiterate them, leading up to the Fed announcement. But I wasn't able to do it, so my apologies. But as you know, we're condensing or formalizing the hours of operation for inside the numbers. But on days where there's more stuff needed, whether it's a crazy tape or something going on midday in the afternoon, like the Fed type of thing, then we're going to do what we need to do to provide everybody with the data necessary. My point is, we're not going to sit around and watch the paint dry for hours and hours and hours, but what will you do know is that I will provide the necessary data based on market conditions each and every day. Therefore, there's really no change. What's going on over in Camp IWM? And by the way, just so you know, not that I'm looking for a pat on the back or anything, but I had to go out on the road to do the video because we were out all day in terms of internet access. 
had to pack my stuff up, pretend that I was going on vacation, and find some internet access. So here's what we did have in Camp IWM. We had some relative strength. They're still hanging around under that 20-period moving average, banging into it a little bit. They can eat some time off the clock. They'll work their way through the 20-period moving average and start to work their way up to the convergence of the 100 and the 50 up around 180. They weren't selling the small caps. Relative strength in the positive direction against the S&P. That's also in the bull camp. Just take the market for what it is. It's what they're telling us at present. What about the folks down at the transportation department? All of a sudden, they're showing you, as canary in the coal mines often do, what can happen with these bearish, flaggish kind of patterns that hang around in a chop shop formation. They're either going to break down or break up. This one is beginning to break up. And evidence today, again, more relative strength, up 1.7% against the S&P that was up less than 1%. Again, my favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator next to what? Yeah, you guessed it, the IWM. That's a number one favorite market leading indicator. Are we going to see some kind of a push higher in the S&P that mirrors what we saw today in the transports? I would put this one on a sticky note. What about the Q people? Well, we'll go with relative weakness, even though they were up, relative weakness today against the S&P. So there are some divergences out here, and that's fine. This is a weak tape, even if they push into the 20-period moving average. Think about this for a moment. Let's say all markets are catching a rally. Even if the Q people go into the 20-period moving average, which is, let's just say, seven or eight points away from current price, looks like one hell of a push higher, and all they would be doing at the time is running a test of that 20-period moving average. They may bust through, they may get rejected. We don't know until or unless that whole scenario happens. But the point is, the queues could be look like they're running hard and fast along with other markets, and the trend is so ingrained in the downtrend that, again, it would just be another bounce in the downtrend. What about the financials? We've been talking about this each and every night. And we've been saying that this chart is different than the rest. It's not the only one that's different, but it's certainly way different than the Qs, way different than the S&P, way different than the IWM, way different than everything else. Look at this on the daily chart. Today, they finished the day above all the moving averages. They actually came up slightly short of their 50% retracement when you take into an account the October low, the recent high, this was, I believe, just short of a 50% retracement. Not much we can do with that information at present, but what this is is not necessarily a bearish chart at present. When you look at the weekly chart, what do you have? You have a low, and you have a potential higher low. There's no reason they can't push higher above the recent highs to a new place. Remember, I want to point something else out, too, and we talked about this a few times. Here's a high, you had a lower high, lower high, and then all of a sudden, instead of making another lower high like other markets did, they made a higher high. That changes the pattern, at least on this chart. That's why we treat each chart independent of one another. What about Smash Mouth? 
similar routine. Up two and a quarter percent today, pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. If the semis are rallying, if there's relative strength in the semis, that can certainly populate through the rest of the markets. They're into the convergence of some moving averages here. If they can get deeper in, they're going to lift or help lift other markets along with it. Remember when I said before the S&P, we could say they're trying to, quote-unquote, carve out some kind of a low situation? Well, you could see the same routine here. Looks like they tried to carve out a low. Now, if they can get above these moving averages, there's room to run to the upside a little bit. However, if this is going to be overhead resistance, they're going to have another leg down. So we'll see if they can bust through over the next day or two the 50-period moving average into the 20. We'll take it one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.